You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series, movie, or audio and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we're going to be starting our look at Season 2 of Battlestar Galactica, which is also sometimes known as Galactica 1980. Just depends. Eh, just depends. As, as of this moment, it's called Galactica 1980. As, as we go forward, you will see that they changed the name to try to uh, uh, fool you. Anyway, Season yeah. 2, Battlestar Galactica. Uh, and the first episode, Galactica Discovers Earth, is a three-parter. And so I've uh, got the uh, synopsis. I'm going to read it to you. I'm just going to say right now that I did my notes probably right after we finished doing Battlestar Galactica on the podcast season one and wrote it all up and took all my notes down. And then we haven't touched it in in literally years. (laughs) So I didn't redo my notes, but I did rewatch the episodes. I don't think your notes going to change much. Uh, you know, actually, uh, well, we'll get into that. But yes, my notes did actually change some. I, I did make some modifications as we go. But let's, let's, I did not change the synopsis, which I have not read in years. So I am going to, this is a cold reading, people. Cold. Here we go. Galactica 1980, part one. After 30 years in the wilderness of space, the Battlestar Galactica and its ragtag fleet of refugees find the long-sought-after planet Earth. Sometimes... When you spend a lifetime searching for something, and then you find it, you realize you didn't know what you would do next. And so it is with Earth. On Earth, it's the year 1980. Cell phones aren't a thing yet, and the primitive inhabitants still think digital watches are a pretty nifty idea. Unfortunately, with all those things in the assets column, the Cylons will make short work of the Earth when they arrive. The Galactica's cerebral mutant and benevolent overlord, Dr. Z, assures Commander Adama that the Cylons are still right on their heels, and now they've led them to Earth. But Dr. Z has a plan. Teams of warriors will travel to the Earth and provide advanced technology to enlightened scientists, forcing Earth's technology to advance as quickly as possible. The Galactica and the fleet will head off into space and lure the Cylons away. One of those teams is Apollo and Starbuck. Or their zero-calorie versions, Troy and Dylan. <laughs> Troy was once known as Boxy and is Adama's adopted grandson. But that's a story for another day. Their mission is to find top nuclear scientist Dr. Mortensen and see if he'd like some help with his equations. But the path to scientific advancement never runs true, especially when two fish-out-of-water aliens try to pass for the inhabitants of Los Angeles. Hilarity ensues as they run afoul of motorcycle gangs, telephones, security forces, and cops. They meet aspiring news reporter Jamie Hamilton, who doggedly pursues them in search of a story. They get a message to Dr. Mortensen, not before they're arrested. Their ships, which have a temporary invisibility field, run out of power and are discovered by a young boy and his dog. End of part one. Part two. Mortensen figures out who they are, but before he can get them out of jail, they escape using their invisibility fields. They meet up with him, but the cops mistake it for kidnapping by dangerous terrorists and give chase. Back on the Galactica, a 
member of the Council of Twelve, Xavier, pitches a, a better plan to Adama. Use their time travel technology to go back to the Earth's past, change the course of history, forcing Earth to advance faster and preparing them to defend against the Cylons. Adama rejects the idea. Xavier steals a ship and heads back in time. Adama recalls all the teams from Earth. Leaving Mortensen in the lurch, Troy and Dylan escape to their ships just in time because the local sheriff has come to investigate the boys' report. Jamie forces them to take her along, or she'll spill the beans on the spacemen. Aboard the Galactica, Jamie agrees to help Troy and Dylan as they travel back to 1944, where Xavier is gone. His plan, help the Nazis win the war with superior rocket technology. In 1944, they encounter an American spy planning to blow up the first V-2 test. But first... They try to save a young girl from the Holocaust. Xavier has been helping the Nazis, and the V-2 is about to launch to destroy London. End of part two. Dylan blows up the V-2 test as it takes off, probably ending the program forever, and they arrest Xavier. Afterwards, they free a train full of Jews because, for some reason, that won't change the time stream, as long as they don't kill any Nazis. Jamie knows that they stand a good chance of escape because it's after midnight, and that makes it D-Day and that the Nazis have their hands full with their ultimate downfall. The 1980 audience cheers because it's the end for the Nazis. Audiences post-2016 shake their heads and wonder how things have gone wrong again. Ready to take <laughs> Xavier back, he gives them the slip. Oops. Back in the present, they return Jamie. While they do, that same damned kid finds the Vipers again. This time, he brings the Air Force. Needing to know where their ships were taken, Troy and Dylan allow that damned kid to use their invisibility technology to torment his tormentor at school. His need for revenge sated, he divulges the ship's whereabout. Xavier has returned to the present and is trying to meet Mortensen. He succeeds and spins a yarn that Troy and Dylan are renegades, trying to use time technology to change Earth's history and set themselves up to rule the world. Through Jamie, Troy and Dylan manage to warn Mortensen, but Xavier realizes what has happened and steals a history book from Mortensen and heads out to regain his ship, which the Air Force has also captured. Troy, Dylan, and Jamie stage a raid on the base and recapture their Vipers just after Xavier escapes in his. As Xavier prepares to jump back in time once more, Troy shoots him badly because Xavier jumps back to the 18th century America. Back aboard the Galactica, Adama convinces Jamie to join Troy and Dylan's little time team so that she can help them prevent Xavier from destroying Earth's history. And with that time-traveling premise of the series established and cast in stone, we come to the close of this story. The end. Okay, that uh, casting in stone, that must be some sort of a, a uh, high-grade plaster of Paris. It's easily shipped away. Yes, well, I, well, I'll I will give yeah. some background that I have here about the making of this particular episode in a little bit, and, and not necessarily so much about what happened after that. We'll save that for next time. But um, yes, there were some interesting, uh, interesting things. Uh, actually, let's just uh, let's just hit the the, the basic parts. The backstory okay. is there was a write-in campaign, yep. much like the one that saved Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Larson. Uh, was brought back to do second season, but with restrictions on his budget. So like his he had new plan, none. yeah. So his new plan was it was going to be five years after the episode "Hand of God," which was enough time for them to jettison expensive and useless characters like Ty, Athena, Cassiopeia, Boxy, right? 
Boomer was going to be promoted to Ty's position. Take that, Apollo. And uh, Baltar had been, Baltar, remember him? Was elected yeah, president of the Council of Twelve. Yeah, Rehabilitated character as he was. Uh, but same setup. They they arrive at Earth. It's not advanced enough. Baltar wants to go back in time. Apollo chases him. Starbuck shuttles back and forth between the past and the present as a communications runner for Apollo. That was going to be the premise of the series. Yeah, week after week, Apollo spec. would go to a different different period in time, and then uh, you know Starbuck would just be doing his back and forth thing. And uh, this apparently all fell apart when uh, the cast didn't want to come back for this. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> and that's why we get uh, we get Troy and Dylan, the light beer versions of Apollo and Starbuck. Ah, yeah. Interesting, <laughs> interesting casting on those two. Kent McCord, you know, I grew up watching Dragnet, or not Dragnet, uh, Adam 12. Adam, Adam 12. And, you know, in that show, he, he always struck me as a guy that a fun day for him would be hanging out with, with Joe Friday from Dragnet. You know, well, going he was over the younger of the two cops. He uh, was yeah, the rookie, I know. right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but still, you know, not not they were very not, serious. Yeah, he's very serious, and it's kind of, you know, the same in this. Boy, yeah. This, well, you know, Adam Twelve is by, uh, what's his name? The guy who played Joe Friday, uh, Jack Webb. Jack Webb. There you go. Yeah. So that was a Jack Webb series, just like uh, Emergency and and whatnot. And he was very yeah, big no, on he, this deadpan, yeah, weird, yep. ultra serious kind of just thing. Just the so, facts, yeah. man. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Kent McCord in anything else except this and Emergency. Farscape. Maybe I have. Farscape. I have not actually watched Farscape. Oh, you haven't? Okay. He no. plays one of the characters, uh, Human Fathers, in Flashback. Yeah, really? So yeah. old. Okay. You know, and um, he's, he he's good in that. Uh, he's okay. gotten better. Yeah. He's, you know, well, he's, he's a serious... He's not given much well, here. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. But You know, uh, Apollo was terrible. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna plant my flag. Apollo was a stick up his rear end. Yeah, boring, dull. Yes. but at least occasionally there was that glimmer of, hey, I'm I'm being this adopted father to this boy, and uh, you know, or or he would take pity on someone on a planet or something, and, and you know, you right. could see there was a humanity behind there. But man, he was really uptight, like a dama. Right, and but that's because he was given the gift of a little bit of backstory. Yeah, which but which no one Troy in the nothing, nothing Troy at nothing all. No, and and Dylan even less. I mean, he's supposed yes. to be the Starbuck villain, but I mean, does he strike you as a con man? Does he strike you as a womanizer? There's that one line about oh, con that's worth of women. <laughs> but beyond that, those yeah, two it, are interchangeable. They're they're just, yeah. Oh, they're, they're, there's there's no. Uh... No spark, no, no reason to get invested in these two whatsoever. None. No, they are really, and I don't like to bust on them because you know they, they're clearly they're they've said the lines they were given in the way they yes. were given them uh, on the napkins and little bits of, of gum wrappers that were the script was probably was written, written on. on. Yeah, it was in twenty minutes. I, I, yeah. In researching a little bit of this, uh, I, so one of the cast members uh, said that uh, Kent McCord was hired like on a Friday, and they started shooting yeah. the next day. 
Yes, and it we was shoot like, on yeah. weekends because they needed to to really you know get the time to hit the 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 date milestones. But of course, that would bleed your your production account dry because Union is yeah weekends. Yeah. I uh, Saturdays is double time, Sundays triple. So yeah, yeah, forget that. You shoot in like almost an entire week worth of of uh, of of money in two days. Yeah, it was definitely a troubled production, and it was also, uh, uh, you know, just, you know, let, let's give Kent McCord his due. Keem did manage to say the lines, uh, even though he was not given it. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. I mean, if it, it's as if he was given the script, and then the director and the writers forbid him from speaking to them, or anybody else on the cast, really. Except maybe, yeah. you know, Barry Van Dyke for a little while to just, you know, learn his name and run the lines. No backstory, no nothing. Oh, and he'd never backstory, seen Balsar. He'd never seen Balsar Galactica in the first place. We'll go with that assumption as well. Well, okay. So a couple of things. Let's say that despite the fact that you you say this, you know, twenty minutes of of story here, there's an awful lot going on in these three parts. It's very disjointed. But yeah. I mean, there's the time travel yeah, they, story, there's the Mortensen story, there's the fish out of water story. There's, yeah, I mean, they, it's just all. Sure, they are shotgunning ideas. And yeah, it's a it's Once a again, mess. this is this is where, uh, uh, you know, the knife of the skilled editor really could have saved this. And somebody <laughs> yeah. who had some, some vision and insight as to what made a good story. And not just something that would fill up time. Mm-hmm. It's definitely uh, uh, a it's a it's a weird piece of work, and it gets weirder once we move on to the next episode. And you know, <laughs> we'll get to that. But I mean, yeah, it's like, it, okay, all right. It, you know, it's it's shot for that Sunday night uh, family educational thing. And let's let's be honest, Doctor Who is exactly the same thing when it in its day. It was designed yes. to be educational about history and science, and this was probably designed to be educational for history. And we're going to go back and we're going to learn a little something about the Nazis and the V2 program and D-Day and all how those all happened on the same day. Yeah. And... <laughs> well, what gets me is when it's it's uh, revealed that, that Xavier has gone back in time to, was it 1944? Yeah, and you know it's and, and he's he's going to help the Nazis. It uh, the the heroine uh, Jamie Hamilton doesn't like her 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 jaw doesn't drop to the floor in in uh, amazement. The Nazis, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like in no, I mean, not that it was needed, but it would be needed for the characters to be told that these are bad guys. Uh huh. Yeah, you really needed to. You really needed to just. Yeah, it's not like oh, they're the B side of the war. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, they're the bad guys, all right. But you know, let me tell you how bad they are. You know, anything, not just yeah. Gonna oh, gonna give uh, you know the Germans a hand up. Okay, well we better go back and stop them. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit more, please. One or two lines, all you needed. A couple seconds, screen time. So. So uh, let, let, let's take a step back for a second. Uh-huh. I haven't seen this episode uh, and, you know, 
I assume that you have seen some Galactica 1980 when in your life. Yeah. Where does yeah, this fall on what you remember and, and what, well, what did you think about it then or now? As I was watching it, I, I was, I was, uh, kind of amazed that I remember so little about this. Um, I remember them going to earth and I remember the flying bikes. Oh yeah. And, um, and strangely enough, I remember them uh, zooming away from the the bikers who want to talk to them about their their cool rides. Other than that, not much. And then I looked at the time frame that this show was on, and it happens that it, it was like uh, literally a month before my father passed away. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's why I don't really remember too much about this because I think we're probably busy doing other things. But I do yeah. remember some of the later episodes uh, with the uh, the Super Scouts. Oh, so, well, so. yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm jumping ahead in time <laughs> there, but that's as far as I go. Nothing. Yeah. And and speaking I, of, oh yes, I I don't know. I mean, I this is bad, but it's not unsalvageably bad. But it's it, you know, in its form, I don't think an editor could fix it. But I think a rewrite. And, uh, uh, you know, a, a steady hand and maybe a 12-episode series, they could actually do this one episode. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, wait, all right, 12 episodes to do, to replace this, the three that they made. Yes, because yeah. then they wouldn't have to be so incoherent. They yes. could actually try some of these plans. You know, there there's the getting used to Los Angeles plan. There's the trying uh -huh. to deal with scientists plan. There's the... You know, right. like Xavier just, I mean, things happen in this, like Xavier goes to Adama and says, yeah, we should go back in time and do it. And Adama says, no, you can't do that. Well, you're going to let me put it to the council. It's like, you know, we're not going to let you do that. They've never, they've never overridden Dr. Z. And then, and the next thing we get a call, it says, oh, Xavier's stolen a Viper and gone back in time. Chase him. Yeah. Like, like whoa. it's so, it's just, yeah, it, it's so disjointed. And I, and I watch this and I think, dang, this show could have been tolerable but it isn't and yeah it, i can imagine that you know say uh if i had watched or the original battlestar galactica in 78 mm -hmm. and then and i was say in my 20s and then a couple uh, of years later this came on i would been i would have been absolutely livid it's like livid watching what Why am i watching this? yeah what you know that's you know I I enjoyed uh, the original Battlestar so much you know as I was, when I was a kid blah 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 all that kind of stuff and you give me this what the heck flaws and all there were lots of flaws with the original Battlestar Galactica but this is this is is bad inconceivable um, <laughs> yes it's, it's inconceivable um I did not think you know what it means because <laughs> because it oh, happened no, I do. <laughs> So I'm going to, I'm going to just put here. So I mentioned earlier that I did my notes. Yes. Um, I, I did my notes and then, uh, you know, ready for the podcast. This is three hours of television. It, yes. Viewers, if you've watched this, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a push through. And, um, uh, I did my notes and I was all ready to record and, and something happened and it prevented it from getting recorded. And, when we decided to do this, I sat down and I read my notes. I kind of skimmed the skimmed the synopsis because that was obviously done. 
And um, but I looked at my notes and I realized that my notes were almost entirely about the third part, not not yeah. strictly, but you know the overwhelming stuff was it all about pointing out the, the things about the Nazis and the V twos and all that stuff. <laughs> and so what I did do is I, I when I rewatched these episodes, I tried to watch an episode stop write down my thoughts about that particular episode, see if I had included them in my previous notes. If I had, I kind of consolidated them and tried to make a, a multi uh, notes for the different episodes. And then I found out there's still no notes for episode two because it's so nothing, but, uh, or <laughs> very little, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So if my notes seem like I'm jumping all over the place here, that's why, because I never really, it, it's, it's as a little bit of a, uh, uh, I think so. Let, let's just we've already talked about Troy and Dylan, and and then there's old man Adama. <laughs> Is the beard necessary to make him look older? Oh, the beard. Here's the um, thing. Oh, man. I, I don't know I... when Lauren Green died, and I don't know what Lauren Green died of. I, actually, I have a feeling he died of cancer. He looks like oh, he's my... on the path, you know, compared <laughs> to just two years earlier, he looks like he's wasting away. He look. He much looks much less robust. Yeah, he, and, he died and, in, and then in the eighty seven, eighty seven. So it was quite a few years still uh, afterwards. But you know, he looks a lot. He looks a lot more than two years older, even without the beard. The beard just looks stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They shouldn't have put the beard on him. I mean, I, I mean, I know they couldn't gray his hair like they did Boomer, but. Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean, give him an eye patch or something like that. Yeah, but <laughs> big scar and uh, like not yeah. looked arm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, that would have been. Yeah, he, he died of pneumonia following ulcer surgery. Not really. I'm not yeah. Sure. He, uh, well, I doubt that's what this was, unless it was his ulcers that he got from Galactica nineteen eighty. Maybe. And. Uh, <laughs> But he's like a doddering old fool in this. Yeah, they they took the fire out of him in a big way. But Doctor Z, oh, what are we well, gonna do? Oh, that was uh, our our own cerebral mutant. <laughs> <laughs> the only mutation I saw that guy had uh, was was uh, was arrogance and uh, the uh, innate. Inability to escape a pin spotlight shining down onto his head all the time. <laughs> yes, that's that's his natural glowing aura. That you're, uh, oh man, you know they you know they say never work with kids or animals, and this is why. And that's uh, cousin Oliver from the uh, Brady yeah, well, yeah, didn't really like that show much, but hey, whatever. Nobody I likes cousin that, Oliver. Exactly. I, I understand that when cousin Oliver showed up, the uh, show really took a nosedive. You could say it was their jump the shark moment, but I think it came before jumping the shark. So it's their cousin. It might have been, yeah, yeah. Their cousin Oliver moment was, uh, yeah. Um, and I think safely we can say that this is the Doctor Z moment of uh, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Um, okay, let's just say you do have a really bright guy. Mm-hmm. Fine, and he helps you out. Great, but they seem to have ceded all their authority to Dr. Z. It's just and, easier that way. You know, and he, and he's never been wrong. And, uh, well, I'll tell you something he's been wrong about. 
why didn't you tell anybody that the damn Cylons were still following you? Yeah, that would have been a nice thing to do. They could have planned around that. Or or Dr. Z could have come up with some clever way to avoid being followed by that. And, and you know, they're... a. Oh, this just hurts me to say. The they let the Cylons up billion star miles back. <laughs> yeah, we'll come to that in a minute. But, uh, you know, it's like that sounds like that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that sounds like that's years ago. It might have been. They haven't seen, the, seen any Cylons. Um, and he's been saving their bacon for ages, according to Adama. He's been getting them out of scrapes all along. It's like, well, if the Cylons haven't been following you for ages, what's he been saving your bacon from? And if he's the guy that's been coming up with all these amazing inventions for you, how come you don't have any of these amazing inventions except for the one that he makes right for this episode? Mm-hmm. Right? Their technology is no further along except, oh, by the way, now we can make it invisible because I just came up with that. Well, who knows? You know, Maybe he, he came up with a replicator for food or something like that that just generates food out of asteroids. make extra Daggett robots. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe that. Yeah. You know. And, you know, while we're at it here, miles, miles, billion star miles. What happened Not, to Yarns? No, that's years. Right. Yeah. Adama says it's been 30 years. Yes, yes, he said that. Yeah. Uh, he also said, there's a whole bunch of things he says that are totally out of character mm-hmm. uh, with Battlestar Galactic. I think it's I, a fake really It's a fake Adama. I think it's exactly. a fake Glenn Larson. He's a Cylon. Well, you know, Glenn Larson uh, famously is, is Mormon. Yeah. And a lot, of, uh, a lot of Galactica mythology is based on Mormonism. Yeah, yeah. And, Lost and yet here... And yet here, Adama says, may God be with you. <laughs> That's funny. Jamie, I can pick that up. Jamie and uh, repeatedly, oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Oh, God. So, uh, yeah. it, it's all, there's an awful lot of. Uh, oh, well, family friendly. My Lord, we're dead and gone to heaven. Yep. These people coming to this planet could be as important as the coming of the Messiah. Right, it's, right. It's exactly. really freaking Christian yeah. in this one. Well, yeah. And yeah, maybe that was one of the deals they had to, to do that. Another one I'm assuming was they had to suck up to the Air Force. When when well, those primitive F-15s were, were you know, chasing them and the, the Vipers seemed to be having difficulty flying along fast in f 15 and all they did was veer off and turn on their invisibility field. And what's what's Dylan's comment? Those guys are good. Like, really? Well, really they, sucking up to the Air Force much there, guys? Uh, well, they probably did that so they could um, they could use the the Air Force base facilities that they shot at later on. Maybe uh, the, the Air Force, mil- other branches, of the military will give consideration to production companies if they want to use uh, resources as long as the script yeah, shows the the military respect, yeah. in a good light and with respect. And yeah, yeah, they, they did that kind but of... But did we think that was really a military base? Um, I know the sign is, but oh, yeah, well. I don't know. It, it's probably <laughs> just the back lot somewhere and they just got a couple of Jeeps out of storage or yeah. some airport near uh, Burbank, wherever they shot this. Yeah. 
So Century City, I would guess, since that's where U, UBC or USB or whatever it was. Yeah, so I, I thought that was really, you know, that all all references to Galactica times and distances and all gone, mm-hmm. all, all shot. It, it's like they completely abandoned that whole uh, we've got a separate culture thing, except they don't because we're doing the whole fish out of water thing here. I think that Troy might have mentioned centaurs or something like that once. Well, that one must have slipped through the, the script. I, you know, and the, the thing about it that's funny to me is that one of the things I really like about Galactica is that they they tried different time units, different, you know, whatnot. Uh-huh. And, and they made it really good enough that when Adama says something like, well, you know, if a man's lucky, he'll live to be a hundred yarns old or so. And you can sit there and you can go, well, yarn is obviously year. Uh-huh. But is it the same length as our year? Right, Does a exactly. man live longer? Or is a yarn shorter than a year by, you know, 20%? And so you only really live 80 years. You know, it, it's it's not in any way confusing. Nobody watching Battlestar Galactica thought, well, what, is, what does Starbuck mean when he says brack? Yeah, or exactly. what's, a, what's a big pile of Felger carb? <laughs> yeah, or, exactly. Or, you know, or even even his Fumarello. Mm, you know, yeah, the, right. the, the, the cigars and... The the distance is like, it's like well we've got to travel fifty eight sectons like that's obviously a distance you know or centaur centaurs or I think yeah. it was centaurs were distance and centons were and it's decimal we get that you know yeah. as the audience we're like listening to this going yeah, all right fine it's different and I like that and yet it's not so different as to confuse the heck out of me and yet when you put these people on Earth our stuff just confuses the heck out of them. Because yeah, like, are you guys, you guys are stupider than a 1978 Battlestar Galactica audience. We were able to figure out your, uh, you know, things. <laughs> Boy, you're too stupid. Okay, fine. Totally um, not understanding makes, context, yeah. This is this is like the <laughs> dumbest fish out of water story bit I've ever seen. On, you know, it's way too, I lost some coffee. Uh, beep, 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 beep. As, as a Dylan, beverage made out of beans, plug plugs something into his wrist communicator, computer thingamabob. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I get not knowing the you know the word. You don't know it's called a taxi, or you don't know. It, but it's just these guys are supposed to be reasonably intelligent beings, and, that, and uh, it, uh, it 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 hurts. Um, yeah, of course, Xavier's supposed to be um uh uh. Baltar. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, why they let Baltar be back, but that was a thing that Larson wanted to do. And it's like, wow, okay, forgiveness for not only not only forgiveness for wiping it out mankind, but you let him back on the Council of Twelve. Yeah. He is experienced. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. He is experienced. Yeah, I guess, but boy, that's a... That's a, that's I wonder a if John Colicus would have to wear the same beard as Adama. Oh, undoubtedly. Uh, undoubtedly. Back in the show for that one. Yeah. That was, that was, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, let's see. We can, I mentioned the, the overly Christian stuff. Uh, where, by the way, did those missiles go when the Air Force shot them at the Vipers? 
Los Angeles? Well, I don't know where they were over, but yeah, probably into into the the, the hills around there. Well, it won't be the first time that they've inadvertently shot missiles over large populated area in Southern California. I did get a little bit when they fired off missiles and they cut in a little uh, clip of a, uh, a uh, either a definitely a test F-15 firing off missiles because it's got huge orange paint on the tail and wings, nose. And the all the the uh, shots of the F-15s before that did not. <laughs> the paint comes out when they're about to fire. It's, uh, oh, it's a warning. It That's clever. Okay. Let me let me pick another one that, that bugs the heck out of me. And, and, you know, we had a, in my opinion, we had a problem with Battlestar Galactica to begin with. Okay. But I'm, I'm sort of kind of halfway, sort of kind of willing to... Accept it for the sake of the story. But let's be clear. Humans evolved on Earth. Yep. The biology, the DNA, the genetics, this is this is not in question. This is only you know, this is only in question by people who reject all knowledge that <laughs> that's verifiably factual. Um, right. You know, our biology is the same as a you know, as a fish's biology. And so there is no, there is no wiggle room for a group of people coming from another planet and colonizing earth. That that one, it's a no starter. It's, it's a no starter. You somebody will go, Oh, well they just brought all the camels and the fish and all that stuff with them. It's like, except that, you know, the history of our biology goes back much, much, much further than humans. Uh-huh. Dinosaurs, Precambrian, you know, it, it all right, still right, has right. this Details, uniform yeah. detail, detail, detail. So you have to you have to walk past that one for Galacticus. They don't know, you know, Earth that... isn't even necessarily real. It's just a dream that they have, oh, a name for a place. We don't know. They they and... could have arrived at Earth and found out that actually they came from Earth. Right. Yeah. It, it, there could have been anything, but of course now we've we brought them to Earth and we have established. Well, there you go. Why then, if we're supposed to be the same speed, why don't they have fingerprints? I have no idea. That was what, just what, what was the what was the logic behind doing that? Uh, well, it's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> I, I think it's because they thought, oh well, you know, they're going to be uh, booked, so they have to have their fingerprints taken. Oh well, let's just write in that they don't have them, and then they went on okay. with the next thing they had to write. That was it. They didn't think about it. No. Here is Not the funny part that, that that really annoyed me the whole thing, because, you know, that is our fingerprints are part of our evolutionary history. Yeah. Right. The, there's there's two prevailing theories, hypotheses. Let's get that right. Uh, with regards to why we have them. One is that they provide better grip because it's a, a primate feature. And, Not, and the other is that it improves our tactile sensation in those things. And and I okay. think. Uh, recently, there's been some research done that seems to put it in that latter camp. It actually, it's actually decreasing grip area, but it is it is substantially increasing our sensitivity to feeling in in our fingers, which we use very much. But it, nonetheless, it is an evolutionary thing, and uh, and we do share that with some other creatures. So if the you know somehow the Galacticans are humans of the same evolutionary branch, then they should. Have them too. So I just wanted to verify that. 
And it turns out there is a condition called adermatoglyphia. Adermatoglyphia. Hmm. Yeah, try to say that fast seven times, which is yeah. a rare, rare mutation in gene SMARCAD1. And people are born without fingerprints. There, there are really? a few people in this world who do not have fingerprints, uh, very few, and it runs in their families. And if you see a picture of their hands, their fingers look, you know, they, they're not smooth, but they look like your hand. In other words, like if you take the two segments below your fingerprints and yeah. you just put just that up it. where the finger is, yeah. it's, it's no fingerprint. And Looks this up. has only become a, it's very, very rare. But it's only recently become an issue when people like try. One woman was trying to get a passport or a visa to go to the United States. Oh yeah, that would be a problem. And could not. A guy in Indonesia, his whole family was the first. I think the first person that was documented as having that. Eh, you know, he lived in a village in Indonesia, and nobody cared. Right you know, for yeah. forever, nobody cared, and his family had it. His parents had it, or his father's or male line, I think it was, and. You know, then someday the government decided they wanted to fingerprint their people and boom, no fingerprints. Huh. And uh, so I can't say it's impossible for our Galacticans. Perhaps that rare mutation ran rampant in their population, but it's just it's just a dumb idea to throw in this episode. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. a dumb idea. Uh, let's see. Episode one, Professor Mortensen, they they're able to look at his calculations in a symbol system which they admit they can't understand. Yep. But they can convert that in their heads and rewrite a formula to cause him. But they can't figure out about phones and cars and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and of course, well, Mortensen looks at the calculations like, oh, oh, my goodness. It's like, but it's incomplete, so it's no good to me. It's like, okay, what is the difference between an equation you didn't write that's incomplete and an equation that's wrong? <laughs> right? I mean, he looks at an incomplete equation. Can you look at an equation or a formula? I think it's actually a formula, not an equation. Let's get that right. There's a difference between an equation and a formula. Those are formulas. I think the script called them equations, but okay. I, you look at the formula and and you go, well, it's... You know, it's, oh, this is interesting, but it's not a thing, so it's just vandalism. It really is just vandalism at yeah. that point. I think somebody watched um, The Day the Earth Stood Still and that, you know, left lasting impression on them. I, I, I hate that line from Dylan. Oh, I had trouble with that when I was in first grade or whatever, whatever the heck yeah. he said. And when I was trying to think back, because I do hate this trope. They did it on Star Trek <laughs> Next Generation once, uh -huh. which was, a, a think, I think there's an episode where Riker thinks he has a son and the, and the kid's like you know, six or whatever the heck he is. And now you get out there and you do your differential equations, little Billy or whatever the heck his name was. And yeah. I differential equations. You're like, you know, that's not how it's going to work. That in the future, it's not going to be that we're cramming algebra down the kids' heads. <laughs> when they're six, seven, eight years yeah. old. that That's not how the human race is going. And I, and I don't mean that in a cynical way. I mean, that just isn't, you know, you still have to, the brain development isn't there, you know, at, at those young ages. And so the idea that we're just going to cram their heads full of a whole lot more stuff, no, it's not going to be like that. 
maybe, you know, better stuff, perhaps, maybe better instructional techniques, perhaps. Uh-huh. But, you know, you're not going to, the, the idea is not to cram 700% more stuff in their heads. The idea is to cram better tools for, right. give him better tool set to understand the things that you yeah, need to, to and then reference materials uh-huh. for <laughs> so i i don't see no reason why both troy and dylan would be conversant in nuclear decay theory or whatever it was <laughs> you know it just they're fighter pilots right i mean in in you know oftentimes pilots will have advanced degrees sure but not yeah it's not quite that way <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I don't, yeah, I'm not busting on fighter pilots there. That's this is not me trying to okay, make, that, make up for that suck up to the air force. Where those guys are good, but <laughs> yeah, but you know, yes, but again, they would not be conversant in many, many, many other topics. Probably right. not nuclear theory. You know, right. maybe an engineer on a, a a nuclear ship would. Right, one of the but, engineers that actually repairs the the equipment. Yeah, yes, I can understand that. You know, just because somebody uses a computer doesn't mean that they understand how it's made. Right. Yeah, right. it's a tool. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, let's see. I like the bit where they. One of the things I want to bring back on this thing is it seems to be edited together in strange order. The episode. There are times when I feel like they're doing things in the wrong order. Uh, and saying things that are immediately contradicted, like, all right, we need to stay in kind of, you know, let's avoid main arteries of traffic. Uh-huh. Next shot, freeway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well. Is that supposed to be them being stupid? Or is that just the guy shooting it paid no attention to what the guy writing it had to say? Yeah, that you know, could be it. Or that, you know, it was just, you know, we, we need to get these shot done these shots done quickly all we can do is you know go 10 miles from the uh, the studio onto a road that's not very heavily trafficked but there's still going to be cars and stuff on it well, we got to have the room for the takeoffs i think oh yeah you know, that... they pretty much had to be on a freeway for them to do the the takeoff even, even when they were in the country what? there at the end and they were running away from the cop they turned on to what looked to be a turnpike or something and then that's when we got the launch footage of uh, over the Dylan's bike. Yeah. Right? They, yeah. They obviously had a crane and they would lift them up as they were driving yep. along and they needed the room, right? They needed it flat and they needed it smooth and they needed the room so they could get the car next to it. But that, but that's, uh, and then the other question I have for you is when Mortensen is talking with his uh, assistant mm-hmm. and He's worried about the protesters there. They're throwing rocks now and they, cause you yep. know, hell no, we won't glow huh. the crowd. Yeah, and, yeah. uh, he gives this impassioned speech to her about maybe, maybe we don't, maybe we aren't ready. Maybe we don't know this thing. I mean, it's only been 67 years from when we went flying to when we landed on the moon. And now it's mm-hmm. only been 43 years or whatever it is, yeah. you know, we're atomic energy. I'm like, what are you trying to say? Because the plane analogy tr- sounds to me like we've done good. Yeah, we've done fantastic. You know, we, we're you know we're only doing good. Yeah. So why do you? I 
Yeah, I don't. I kind of let that one slide. It's like, oh, okay, some ruddy writing. They want to pander to the anti-nuclear crowd. I'm not sure. I kind of wonder if that was intended as a prelude to the time travel theory. See, if we had done this, you know, there's just just a little span of time where we were able to move from flight to the moon. Well, if Xavier goes back and he gives them flight in 1776. Would we be on the moon in 1837? <laughs> maybe. You know, maybe that's know. what they're kind of they're kind of trying to churn well, the water I, there. It's sort of like you're giving us time too credit. Too much. You really give it credit there. Wow, it's grossly incompetent if that's what it is. I, I'm. It's just I can't think of any other reason why he would spatter off that stuff about talking about how fast technological progress can be uh, unless you know (laughs) (laughs) that is i think all i have on episode one episode two raises uh this is where they ultimately uh escape from jail and have a big car chase oh yeah and And then, you know, kind of meet with Dr. Mortensen, but then fail to meet with Dr. Mortensen. Um, and they then they get the recall and they have to go back and Jamie gets to see the Galactica and, and, and they talked about about Xavier stealing a ship and going back to 1944. Yeah. OK. Xavier's plan is to advance Earth technology to the point where they can help the Galacticans fight the the. <sighs> Let's yeah. talk about how, that and plan. Uh, you have a time machine. What would uh-huh. you do if you had a time machine? And go back and warn the colonists. Exactly. Your race has been more than decimated. You're the last of them. What would you do? You would go, go back, back and you would stop the people that killed everybody from killing them. Yep. Wow. Even if it was to the meaning of to the existence of your life. Now, admit, there are a lot of yeah. people. There's and stuff on the Galactica and the ships, right? There's just families and people who've been born in space who would never exist. And that is a, that is a real yeah, thing that that's I, I would, happened. I would, I would postulate that everybody on the series would cease to exist. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, it, it's, but, but okay, let's say Earth is sufficiently isolated. Mm-hmm. Let's pretend like Earth is sufficiently isolated so that if you you can go back 10,000 yarns at least. Exactly, at least. Uh, and you could change the course of Earth history and push Earth history along, and it would not impact the Galacticans at all because they are so isolated on a different branch. Okay. Right. That yeah. part, I can kind of I can kind of get it. Mm-hmm. If you were going to do that, would 1944... Remember, this is in 1980. Would 1944 yes. Germany be the right place to do that? And, and, no. and, all right, let let's just no. say 1944 United States. We're gonna we're gonna advance the U.S. Uh, programs, and you know the good guys, uh, God bless America, and all that stuff. It's still the wrong place to go. Yeah, it's not I mean, it's far right enough back. Place, it's it's the right place if you've got the budget and a free studio full of old. Nazi uniforms, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's the only good reason. I mean, and if your plan is to do this more than once, then yeah, 
you can now no longer go anywhere prior to 1944 because you would undo all the work you did in 1944. Right. So you, if you're going to do a program like this, you've got to pick the earliest date you want to go to first, and you've got to work your way forward. Well, there you is remember, no... every time they would travel, they would thwart the evil Dr. Xavier every time he tried to introduce something that would change the time stream. So there you go. Yeah, but I'm just thinking from his standpoint, if if he is trying to get the job done. Oh, yeah. No, he totally ignoring the that. opposition. He's totally screwed that up by going to the wrong place. It's just it's just not right. Right. You know where you'd go? You'd go back to the moment when the uh, the people from Cobol arrived <laughs> on Earth. <laughs> well, yeah, or left Earth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, whichever, yeah sure. whichever approach you want to go with. But yeah, you'd go back to that point in time went... and say, okay, look, 100,000 yards from now, the Cylons are coming. And don't you need to be Cylons. ready. This is what they look like. Don't make these. Don't, yeah. it, don't, it, don't, you know, lose all your technology when you arrive. You were a spacefaring people. Don't arrive here and throw away your spacefaring. <laughs> exactly. Don't, you know, don't... Uh... Abandon yourself on the planet and send your ships off to burn up in the sun. That's dumb. Oh, wait, that's another series. Yeah, it's my understanding that is. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it begs that question. That's what I'd want to know. If I were a dog and I had time trouble, that's what I'd want to know. That's what Dr. Z would want to know. It's like, we need to go back and find out what happened. Right. Why Why do they know nothing about the 12 tribes and the, the you know, the... Yeah, why is that? You're absolutely right. You know, a 12-episode miniseries just for these three episodes? Yeah, it would work. They, somebody, could have done, somebody could have done something with that. And, but, yeah. Speaking of reusing reusing stuff they had in the back lot, apparently when you time travel, your your uniform turns white. Uh, yeah, I guess they had a couple of those lying around from some other show. And it turns back, back to regular colors when you come to the present time. <laughs> That's because there's no longer any magnetic stress loads in the magnetic, in the synthetic. Yeah. Um, magnetic stress right, loads. That yeah, was the, yeah. In the synthetic fibers. I forgot. Yeah. Is, oh, boy. That is what he said. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a chance to look at this, but were we bombing the heck out of Berlin before D-Day? I'm pretty sure we were. Yeah. Okay, I don't know because I, I I really don't have a good feel. But there is a there's a line in this where the general says, or one of the generals says something to the effect of, "There's very little left of Berlin from the bombings," and I thought that was relatively late after we had troops on the ground in Europe. But obviously yeah. we don't because it's the day before D Day. Right. Like, really, uh -huh. Xavier, you couldn't figure that one out? Maybe the day before D-Day is not the day to go? Yeah. <laughs> and white is the color of blending into the forest and night operation. Yeah, exactly. Especially when there's not a bit of snow on the ground. <laughs> uh, a couple of seconds just... of of, uh, of Googling comes up with uh, the most bombing occurred in 1945. Of, okay. Uh, well, so. this is 44. When is D-Day, by the way? I It's June 6th. 6th. Uh, 44? 
Yeah. June 6, 1944. So here's a couple things just for throwing out there. Thank you, Wikipedia. The first successful V-2 launch was in October of 1942. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were they were throwing a lot of those. Over 3,000 of them were launched, but they didn't start launching right. them till September of 1944, so after D-Day. Yeah. The first one was September 8, 1944, against Paris. Okay, that makes sense. Which, yeah, because by that point, I guess we were fighting to take back France at that point. So they they really have this whole... Yeah, if they were teaching history, they were not doing a very good job. They're doing a very, very, very poor job of it because this is just all over the place. And it, it just, I don't know. And let's be fair. They also did something that I think is in a way inexcusable, but at the same time also totally believable. No, that's not troop movements. That's something called the final solution. Those people are being taken to concentration camps where many of them will die. <laughs> many, huh? That, or even if it's said most of them will die. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That sounds like you're saying, yeah, they went to these prison camps and, you know, conditions were not good. And a lot of them died. Like, no, that's not what these camps were. <laughs> yeah. Once again, here. a little polishing on the script. Instead of concentration, say death camps. Death camps. Yeah. I mean, maybe the, that the, wasn't allowed back in the 70s. Or, that's sorry, my thinking. 80s, but, but, that's well, my it, thinking. Maybe because it was uh, in that family time slot. Once again, you know, stupid idea. But oh well, just, been there. Just remember, don't mention the death of the Jews. Yeah, you know, uh, right. And also, did you notice they did not mention that either? That they were Jewish. Oh no, they didn't. I mean, they did have all the their, stars. Yeah, they had the, the 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 stars. They had those. They're very big. Yes, but, but uh, they weren't, it wasn't mentioned. Yeah, no, it was not. So. If you got your World War II history from Galactica 1980, you're probably thinking of another war. <laughs> you probably, yeah, it could explain some of the voting choices people have made in the last 12 years. That's <laughs> six years, whatever it is, yeah. La, 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 la. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, I have my, uh, we could return to the original colonial rival on Earth. You could go back and stop the disaster at the, at the 12 colonies. Uh, you could use uh, time travel to get behind the Cylons and surprise them or just, you know, damage the heck out of them. And, you know, you could do. OK, consider if if you have to establish a a buffer, right, we go back to Earth and we can do anything we want to Earth because we've had no contact with Earth whatsoever since we left the 12 tribes. Right. So anything they do to Earth will be utterly inconsequential to the timeline of the Galacticans. Right. But if they haven't seen the Cylons in a billion star miles, uh-huh. could they not at least go back in time to prior to when, to, to a moment after they've never seen the Cylons and do something sinister with your faster-than-light travel? You know, pop in, wipe out some Cylons, kill the Imperious leader, you know, do all sorts of things like that collapse their empire yeah oh yeah i mean and, it, and it, would, it would not have any effect on the galactica because they don't know they're there except for dr z 
And, you know, if it screws his brain up, I don't care. Exactly. That doesn't matter at all. He probably can understand temporal changes anyway, so he's he's immune to that. Uh-huh. Yeah, once you have a time machine, war pretty much becomes obsolete. <laughs> That's right. Unless you're an episode of Logan's Run. Once you have a time machine, war becomes mandatory. But, well, it's because not everybody has a time machine yet. Uh, yeah. See, we we need mutually assured time destruction. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Everyone decided time at one time at once. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, couple other points. That kid, I hate that kid. That's oh, an ugly my... kid. That's an ugly haircut. That's an <laughs> annoying kid. I hate that kid. And that kid is going to be get the living crap beat out of him by Taylor. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. The next time Taylor sees him. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I also like the whole part about, oh, you know, you shouldn't get, you shouldn't beat him up because, you know, you don't, Rex, is he really doing anything better psychologically torturing him? No. No. Just doing the no, same. No, that's, it's but... still just revenge. Yeah. It's still just petty revenge. And, yeah. Uh, I, I do like the fact that the kid's bus comes out to meet him in a field yeah school bus the school bus over there it's just coming up right next to where the spaceships landed exactly and there's no one on board it whatsoever except the bus driver well you know first first kid to be picked up (laughs) could could be i suppose he's the only kid that we expected to be waiting in a field yeah he lives that far out in the sticks I hope his dog knows the way home, because apparently he was heading out there on the way to school. Does that make sense? Actually, come to think of it, there's another one that makes no sense. The boy's out in the field with his dog again, finds the spaceships again, goes back and has the Air Force call. The Air Force comes out, or the National Air Guard, or whatever it was, and they meet with the dad. They're all there with the ships, and they got the crews out there, they got the bed out there, and they've been there for, obviously, hours and then the school bus comes along. Mm-hmm. When does well, this kid go to night school? You know, the, the sun comes up really early in uh, California. Southern Cal, yeah. Never sets, you know, because of its close proximity to the North North Pole. I hear it never rains in Southern California, but... Uh, <laughs> Had to, yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, it just pours, man, yeah. brother, it pours. Um, and And then those kids, wow. Wow. The chasing him around. He's a spaceman. spaceman. And kids are mean. But have you ever seen anything like that? No. No, not really. Couple kids picking on another kid, sure. But the whole class chasing him around, it's like, wow, this is... Generally, you see a couple kids picking on some other kid. It's like, let's stay away because we're next. Yeah, or, you know, it's like, uh, well, or we're going to get in trouble for being around, or, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And I think the last thing I have mentioned is that's one hell of a history book that Xavier got from Dr. Mortensen. <laughs> oh, boy. Did you see how that works? He's, like, looking at one page. It's like, oh, with the American Revolution, uh, if we came in here, and then they flip the page, or, or, or uh, the Battle of Gettysburg, or, or, uh, see, what was the next one? I can't remember. But, you know, they're like, three incredibly disjointed periods of history. It was more like a, a scrapbook two pages. of pages. Yeah. yeah. 
like, well, we got I this is this is some great stuff. I'm going to try some of these out for fun. I think it was more like uh, somebody's notes from history class. <laughs> oh, I just I just gave you another one. Well, I just got another one. If you were going to go back, uh, the ethics of the ethics of time travel are a real bear <laughs> here. Yes. Okay. But you know, the other thing they could do is take the entire fleet back in time to when the other colonials arrived. Hmm. Yeah. And we just, we'll that, just live yeah. here. <clears throat> we'll just, we'll just yeah. live here. And uh, you know we're with, we're among our own people. There, yeah, different generation, but it's a, but that would of course completely alter the course of the Earth, and it would not stop the Cylons from getting there. Yeah, or just but, go you know, back at that point a thousand years or so. And well, I think you'd want to. I think you'd want to hit maximum integration time. But yeah, um, all right, yeah. yeah. Still, the, uh, the the Cylons would be so far away. They would never get there. Well, they'd never get to them, but they'd still get to Earth, whatever Earth looks like after the Galacticans went back in time. So right. you could argue that, A, you're wiping out all the generations of humans uh, intervening and creating new ones, and B, then you're leaving them for the Cylons. Yes, but you're but, also you know, going to be that you're going to give them such a technological um, boost because sure, you're going to completely replace all of human technology with colonial technology except that if they ten thousand years of advancement before except the, that they went back to the time when the other colony arrived oh yeah if they went back that they far, had they had the technology and somehow yeah. they lost it it's right. like okay maybe it's like don't lose it okay yeah, this exactly. is really important if you don't want your kids wiped out by robots <laughs> you need to not you know, lose this technology. We need to like start, build some pyramids, do the stuff, and then let's get on with this kind of thing. Because they were a spacefaring race. <laughs> you know, you get the whole Lords of Cobalt with the big pyramids and all that stuff, and you think, eh, like, are they primitive people? No, they're spacefaring. For crying out loud. What? Yep. <laughs> I don't know. It it's so I I it's not just Galactica 1980s pilot. I really think that if somebody not incompetent who actually had a, a good idea sat down, you can you can keep all the good things in Battlestar Galactica and fix it rather and, than, you know, throw most of them away and come up with that Ronald E. Moore thing. Yeah. Yeah, there would be some... First, you know, they're working on yet another one, another reboot of Galactica. Um, I'm still so. trying to stay away from that. <laughs> and I hit all my stuff. What else have you got? Uh, that's it. This? That's it. I didn't take too many notes. I was just trying to slog through the whole thing. Like I said, I I want I want it to. I want to like it. I really do. But <laughs> just, there are times it's so cringy. The the fish out of water stuff is just so awfully cringy. And oh, you know, there's a scene. Tell me how this feels to you. Uh, that they're they're in Nazi Germany. They are in the hideout of the resistance, or they're not the resistance because they're Germans, right? Uh, right? Or maybe they're German Jews. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but they're they're sympathizers with the Allies. And he's in the house. The Gestapo show up. They capture the little girl. They take the entire group of 
resistance cell, we'll call them that, right? And they they haul them off to to whatever fate awaits them. And then they are they say, well, we have got to get some uniforms so huh. that we can blend in. And they take over two German uh, guys, and then next thing you know, they're out trying to sabotage the V two. Right, right. Okay, they capture Xavier, they escape, and then the next scene, and and they escape in in groups. So when they go to the V two, Dylan shoots the American. Mm-hmm spy to keep him from sacrificing his life and blowing up the plastic. Right. Uh, so he's out of the picture. Then Dylan shoots the V2. He's somewhere okay. completely different. Jamie and Troy are the ones that capture Xavier, uh, dressed as German guards right. in the bunker, and uh, and then they all leave. And the next scene, Janie is with yeah. the American spy. How did she's that happen? Back in her, she's back in her white Galactica garb. Yep. He's in his street garb, and yeah. Troy and Dylan have gone off to get their uh, their motorbikes and it feels all the world to me like that is the next scene that should have happened after those people got captured yeah because that's yeah, what they a... do they go and rescue them right there's a just a whole a horrendous edit i don't know what happened there and edit then it i was sure i was watching it i was taking careful notes and i go yeah this is obviously was meant because where's xavier they, uh-huh. they just captured Xavier to take him back to the future. Where the heck is he? You know what what what's going? Why haven't they got him? Why are they not worried about getting back to the to the future? Why is this all happening? And they rescue them, and they get out to the woods, and they say their farewells to the American. Uh-huh. It's like, well, that can't be edited out of order, then. Because he's standing there with a group of Jews and the resistance guys, and they're all like, "Well, you're all going to have to go to the river and get out, you know, down the thing, right, right. and don't worry about it because it's D Day and and whatnot." And then, and then that's the end of it. And you go like that. That whole sequence should have occurred right after those people were taken, uh-huh. not I don't know the next day, night after the V two launch because it's gone night again. And yeah. it, but it doesn't make sense because of that farewell sequence, unless there's been some reshoots. And I, it's like, and why? Uh, I, why, I think why is that in the wrong place? Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, if one had the time, you could just sit there and basically fix the edits by just re splicing it in uh, your nonlinear editor and see if it flowed better. I mean, it couldn't hurt. Well, I, I, I don't know why they didn't have a non-linear, but it's like, well, I mean, but, hey, you can do just, it. What what was up? It it I'm sure that it's written that way. Yeah, why I, it it it's feel why are there why do they change those clothes back the way they do? So why wouldn't they keep the Nazi uniforms? Heck, if I know, you know, uh, yeah. not a not a mention of Xavier. And then the next shot, you see they're they're pulling up to the ships, and Xavier's tied to one of the, the right, the yeah. Feet. Oh, he's sitting in his jets, yeah, yeah. No, I don't think so. Just, yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, all right. Oh, well, uh, I, oh, I was going to say a little uh, detail. Might want to go back and fix this. Apparently, um, the V ones and the V twos were used at the latter part of 1944. They were not before that, so it was after right. he did. 
Yeah. It's after D-Day. Yeah. 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 So, so yep. it just doesn't. But the first test was back in 42. Oh. Yes. Which yeah. feels like what this is supposed to be, right? This feels like this is supposed yes. to be the first. Well, which, uh, you could say okay, that we, what we were watching is, an, you know, would have been like the V5 or V10 or something like that version type sort of thing that, uh, you know, with colonial yeah. guidance, it would have gone much faster, uh, higher, et cetera, et cetera. We're not quite sure what the nature of the test was. You know, all we saw was launching a rocket, so we assume this is, must be the first one. It's like, well, the, the way he talks, it is, right? The, the, the general is saying, you know, what a waste of time the V1s were. And and then the, the military goes, yeah, well, now we've got something all new, the V2. So, yes, but, no, this is the first. But actually, the V2, I think, was used before the V1, but, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So Yeah. I think it's also... You know, and, and I know people pointed this out at the time. It's like, so Xavier went to Earth's history and he got a primitive rocket working for the Germans. Because it, it's a V2. And uh-huh. he didn't do anything that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he, he didn't actually accomplish anything there. He went back in time and gave them what they already had. And maybe that was meant to be the... You know, maybe that was meant to be the rub. Oh, you can't go back in time and change it. Maybe whatever it is you do, you end up being what was the history anyway. Yeah, you know, maybe. Maybe. That is a legitimate form of time travel storytelling, but... Uh-huh. Again, they don't talk, discuss that. The only thing they discuss is, if we travel faster than light, we can go and we go back ro- around the Earth canceling the rotations the exact number we need to get back to 1942 like i think superman the movie must have just been out yeah that was 1978 i believe yeah (laughs) yep exactly it's like wow come on guys original thoughts i know it's difficult in hollywood but please and and also they describe the theory as if you travel faster than light you can go back in time like okay fine let, let's just say that that is what Einstein's theory is or, or your Dr. Z's version of that theory right. is. That doesn't sound to me like you can go forward in time. Exactly. Exactly. So, How are you going to do that one then, huh? <laughs> uh, we just have to go at regular speed. <laughs> it's a you long know. trip. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's Maybe a, they fly backwards. Oh, there you go. They, you get those boosters, which, you know, are obviously still fuel. Yeah. And yet draw their power from an electrical grid. Oh, uh, that was just painful to watch, too. Well, I mean, they're not. It's not. Just animation and their energizers. Arcs yeah. over the, the damn thing. Okay, we'll do that. Fine. We got we to gotta discount electrical discharge special effects. We'll use those. There there were no such things in 1980. That was probably done by hand by somebody. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, that was animation over the... Over the um, the footage, uh, definitely. Or it was from a completely different movie. I mean, they used plenty of stock footage for the destruction of Los Angeles. And oh yeah, that was earthquake. That and was all earthquake. of the shots of the V two and the V ones were from a movie called Operation Crossbow from nineteen sixty five. Yeah, I think that had George yeah. Pappard in it too. <laughs> so, yeah, except that those ones with the electrical shocks, the Vipers were in them. 
Oh yeah, yeah, they yeah, that's right. Because the transformers, and then they were sparking into the the backs of the the engines. Yeah, sure, whatever. There was actually one good shot of that too. I mean, most of the shots were pretty bad, Lame. but that there is one where Troy is in front of a car, and there's a a viper being lit up behind him. Oh, that's right. Just for yeah, a second, that one was a practical. That was a decent, yeah, yeah, that was a decent shot. Um, that one cost him a lot. The, the ones that really cracked me up were the, uh, hold on while I set the invisibility field and I'll just flip the switch and now let me run off camera before it starts to fade out. Way exactly. <laughs> Every time. It's like, and it's not going anywhere <laughs> until Dylan's foot leaves that screen. Yep. There we go. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, uh, and what a, so bad. The, the registration between the two shots was oh, yeah. four or five degrees. And when Xavier is proving that he's an alien and he walks off uh, away from the camera next to that, that the high rise and turns invisible, you can see that the camera got bumped somehow because oh, it's just there's a, a, a light colored sign and a dark colored background. And it's just like it fades, you know, a good couple feet. Oh, the the worst one is uh, is when the when the boy runs past the vipers the first time, uh-huh. and then the vipers materialize. The mountains move two or three inches up the screen <laughs> in the background. Yeah. Just yep. like wow, you guys couldn't get that right. I I can imagine the uh, the the pain in the rear it was to move those props. Yeah, I guess it probably took some time, but you know, you'd think you'd put something around the camera, like, oh, but right. touch Ooh. the damn camera, okay? Yeah, Spike it's locked down for a reason. Put a blanket on top of it. Post a guard. You know, anybody gets near this thing, hit him with a stick. Yeah, keep him away. And from then it. hit the camera because otherwise it's got like you know, yeah, was, the, the effects were. Don't lean on the camera, damn it. Pretty poor. And you know that whole bite, uh, Cylons attacking Los Angeles, which is earthquake. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like you know that that was put in there for the trailer. Oh yeah, that was that was you know the that was the money shot right there. They just want to get the people into one. See that? I love I love the fact that Doctor Z brings all the council together in the room and says, "Observe." And we watch them blowing it up, and they're all like, "Oh, terrible!" And then he runs it backwards. Backwards, you got to do that. Yeah, he's like, "No, this has not happened. This is just a simulation of what would happen when the Cylons get there." You're like, "You are a right royal jerk, Doctor Z, and you're an idiot because you're watching." 47 TV screens of crap. <laughs> yes. Dracula films and TV cop dramas and and, yep. and slapstick. And it's like, I mean, I guess the idea is that's all that's on the airwaves. Mm-hmm. But you, you couldn't get a PBS channel. Uh, no. No. Yeah, no, just watching bad, bad vampire films. It's strong. Oh. And the news, and he's looking at it like, "Oh, look how primitive these people are!" Like, yeah, like you don't have films and stuff like that. I've seen, we've seen enough of the people on board the Galactica and the fleet to know that they're no different from the rest of us, right? Right? Yeah. They're not, of course. You know, due to budgetary restrictions, we've never seen like a movie or a TV series on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, 
I, yeah, I always just think news that, program. that that uh, that's a failing of a lot of science fiction shows. So they should show the entertainment, you know, and yeah. don't like try to camp it up like uh, Rebo and Zooty. Exactly. That I was thinking that that, that <laughs> duo, Ben and Teller and in Bell and uh, Bell and Five. Five. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Simon, if you're listening, <laughs> you don't do <laughs> spoilers. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Funny how we both thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. you know, that's like <laughs> one of the few science fiction shows that's ever addressed that. You know, exactly. Garibaldi likes to watch uh, Looney Tunes and, uh, yeah. And then Rebo well, and Zooty are a popular Robo comedy Cop. duo. Robocop has oh, yes. quite a few little bits and pieces like that. But, you know, that's for a whole and For a dollar. Exactly. Getting his little pokes in here and there. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you got 6,000. Yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, there are not a, a lot of episodes of Galactic in 1980. Uh, there's more episodes than we're going to be doing podcasts because a lot of them are two-parters. So yeah. uh, we'll do those as single episodes. And uh, I don't know what we're going to do with the single episodes. If there, there may not be enough to discuss, you know, yeah. like some of the other shows like Logan's Run or... The Invisible Man. I, I I find it hard to believe that after the, you know, this rollicking pilot, which we have Oof. droned on about for a while, uh, I I have a feeling that some of the other episodes, <laughs> Space Scouts, uh, oh, 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 oh the pain, the pain, Robinson, the pain, but we'll we'll make a go of this. Uh, I, I feel like, once again, we're breaking ground. I, I can't help thinking that we're perhaps the only podcast that has ever uh, looked at tackled this Galactica 1980. I, in I, this depth, I anyway. I think that's true. I think it's probably true of Logan's Run, you know, there, there's Man, um, and I, I know Bull that Jack. there's like, YouTube people out there that have made videos where they will talk about the episodes and stuff like that. But those are kind of just, you know, they're 15 minutes long. That's you right. Know, that's we didn't spin this into 90 freaking minutes. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, precisely. This is, once again, this is longer than the episode. We, <laughs> well, not in this case. But, uh, well. Not, not in this case. The listeners but, don't uh, know we're editing out huge quantities of this. <laughs> don't bet on it. We're the only podcast that gives the same amount of detail to a show like Galactica 1980 that people do to classics like Star Trek and... And, and exactly, they don't all the same to us. That's right. It's we can. <laughs> uh, oh, I proud. should say, I should say, hate, hate, hate the remix of the theme. Yeah, it's so like what the... did they just do? Just they either hired a much smaller orchestra and said play faster. Yeah, they kind of discoed it up a little bit. I think. Wasn't wasn't the London Symphony Orchestra this time? It was the Los, Lower Los Angeles Harlem Orchestra, uh, or Watts in New York. But yeah, Watts. <laughs> I was singing. Yeah, Lower Los Angeles Watts Orchestra. Uh, a tempo, please. You know the it's... Torrance Philharmonic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Let me go that route. <laughs> cool. Culver City, Culver <laughs> City Symphony. <laughs> Or Century yeah, we City, were, yeah. They were Century lucky City to get Colorado them City. because the uh, coffee shop gig canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's... Uh, yeah, I think they wanted to speed it up so there'd be less 
less of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all I, those clips from the actual 13 show. 13 seconds now and something like that. Okay. John, thank you for joining oh, me. You're welcome. You're welcome. Listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, we hope you'll consider supporting us at buymeacoffee.com slash fusionpatrol or patreon.com slash fusionpatrol. For our monthly Patreon subscribers, we're currently running a special series on Babylon 5. Come join the conversation in the comments section of this episode at fusionpatrol.com. You'll also find there over a decade of past episodes. You can find some of our other works at soundcloud.com slash fusionpatrol. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. Next time we begin looking at a new series, Jarheads in Space, sometimes called Space Above and Beyond, the failed 1995 Fox Space War series from two of the creatives behind The X-Files. First up, the pilot episode, known as Pilot. It's the episode where a ragtag group of new recruits learns to be pilots. Come join the conversation on Fusion Patrol.